Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Hey, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey. Um, this is an incredibly late cast, so we expect nonsensical stuff. Uh, it is episode number 130 of the Fret Talk podcast. Um, yeah, so... Um, what have you been up to, Matt? I suppose it's a it's a pretty slow slow week, isn't it? So uh, let's yeah, uh, I mean, start as we mean to I, go on. I I've I've had a bloody hectic week. So on Monday I was in work, mm. finished work at four a.m. Was on a plane Tuesday morning at nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what what what? So yeah, I finished at four. Had to get to the airport for seven. So I had like a two-hour nap. <laughs> yeah, got to the airport. Um, went on a flight, was away with work, um, which culminated in me being at the Manchester United-Burnley match on Wednesday night, um, as our work has a box there. So as a reward for doing all the crap that we were doing in the days on Tuesday and Wednesday, in, in, the United, in a box at Old Trafford um, on Wednesday night. So that was good fun, as it was a free bar and... We were in there for like six, seven hours of like a full three-course meal, really nicely cooked, and then, yeah, free bar, and just had a load of fun. We then went out in Manchester, got back to the flat about 3 a.m., got up at 7 a.m. to get a flight back to the Isle of Man, (laughs) and then I went straight back in. So that was on the Thursday morning, and then Thursday evening I was in work 7 till 4 Oh yeah, I don't know how you do it. Literally, yeah, so, I would be I would be dead, literally dead. <laughs> so. Like it's absolutely chaos. I've barely had any sleep. I basically slept after, so I left work at four. What is now this morning? Slept till three o'clock this afternoon, and then I've been setting up for my first ba- first gig with the second band, which is tomorrow night. Hey, so this is so uh, I have done. This is the um, the pretty much rock covers stuff, this one, isn't it? It's a bit more... Yeah, so it's ended up a, a lot of rock and roll, sort of like 50s, 60s. Yeah. A lot of classic rock, and then like a couple of modern ones, because we're going to end up going down, I think, a similar route to the, my other band in that we're doing, going to aim for like weddings and functions and yeah. do some pub gigs on the side. But... Um, we're we're doing it in a different way, so we're we're focusing on older stuff that will keep people up on up and dancing. So there's like eight or nine rock and roll numbers. Then we've got like um, a bit of the Kinks, a bit of the uh, Stones, a bit of Status Quo, that kind of stuff to kind of like you know stuff that's old but people can still dance to. Yeah, and it's the stuff that even if you aren't a fan of that particular era, you will have heard of enough that you'll get up to it. It's uh, they 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 are floor fillers, aren't they? They'll uh, they'll get the people up. I mean, the you you don't necessarily have to know like that it's a Kinks tune to go no 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 no. Oh, I know that one. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's one of the ones we do. Surprisingly yeah. enough. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And you've got the one that's incredibly similar, haven't you? So yeah, na, 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 na. there you go. Na, yeah, na, 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 na. yeah. 
And do you know what we're doing? We're running them into each other because they're in the same fucking key. <laughs> they are, yeah. I mean, the Kinks, <laughs> they, they definitely did that on a Friday afternoon, didn't they? When, well, let's knock out one final hit song before we get to the pub. And if you listen, the solos are almost identical as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him, Ray. Ray didn't want to didn't have to learn another solo. Yeah, so he just did the same one again. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this gig. I've been wanting to play this kind of music most of my life. Yeah. And um, it's given me the opportunity to rearrange my pedal board, which we spoke about on the live cast. And I've got that all sorted now, and I've got vintage sounds, and I've got modern sounds, and then I've got ones that I can like hybrid into the two. So the Anteras will work for both, the Hot Cake will work for both. But I then like colour the sound with either the Range Master or the Kossoff Drive or Tube Screamer, or you know, I've got ways to colour them all in different ways. So they either sound more vintage or more modern. Yeah. So you, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. that's the 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 um the tonal palette, isn't it? Yeah, and then on top of that, I'm exclusively using the Variax because so many of the songs either need a Telecaster sound or need a Les Paul sound or need a Strat sound or need, like the guitar is very much the, the the type of guitar used is very much like and I don't want to be putting guitars down picking them up saying oh no can we reorder the set because although that flows really nicely that one needs a Strat that needs a Les Paul that needs a Telly that needs a Les Paul that needs a Telly that needs a Strat. I'm, so I'm just using the the Variax, and it means that I can flick between those sounds almost instantly, and we can just keep it nice and flowing and keep things going. That's a it's a rhyme every time with our with our Matt there. <laughs> yeah, and and that like opens up the tone the tonal vari- variety as well. Yeah. Um. So like on top of all that stuff, I mean the. The bit that I'm not looking forward to the most is there's one where I need to, there's one transition between two songs where we're not stopping and I'm the one that's continuing to play. So we're going uh, get it on from by T-Rex into Cigarettes and Alcohol by Oasis, which is almost the same song, only the F sharp and the G change. So uh, rock and roll, uh, sorry, uh, get it on has a G. In one in one particular place, and uh, cigarettes and alcohol has an F sharp in that place, so it's literally almost an identical riff. Yeah. I'm the one that's continuing playing, but one needs a very kind of bright sound, so I'm using a tally for it, yeah. and the other one needs like either a semi hollow or a, a like either a three three five or a Les Paul sound. So I'm going to flick to that. I also need to kick the cuss off drive in and keep playing. <laughs> so. Right, so I mean, the solution for that would would be uh, use your custom bank on your Variax uh, yeah. to have those two right next to each other. Yeah. So you, so if, just I mean, this is this is me thinking out loud. But for those people who don't know how the Variax works, uh, you've got you've got your standard kind of setups. You've got the the spank mode, which is the the Stratocaster. You got like yeah, the twang, the yeah, yeah. Sorry, the T, yeah, T model. Uh, you've got Leicester, which I mean, they're, they're all pretty, yeah. pretty obvious. Um, but then at the at the bottom end, you've got oh, you, you've got one, last it, yeah. So you've got yeah, custom it, one yeah, and custom two. That's it. Yeah, that's a really good idea. 
Yeah, because it then will require you to only switch between. Yeah, maybe like, instead of like twisting a knob. Yeah, I can just change pickup. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. And it'll be. It, I might do that. Yeah, because the 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 twist of the knob then might mean you want to go from, say, for example, bridge, really twangy bridge of a telly to like kind of middle position or or neck position of a semi hollow. That, yeah, that, and I don't have to. F- fuck around that's it so you yeah you can you can focus more on the tap dance than than on the uh the very x switch yeah it's, it's not it's not even a tap, i'm literally kicking in an extra drive yeah but because i'm kicking in a drive whilst twisting a knob and changing the pickup selection because i am i'm going for a telly bridge to the mid position of a les paul yeah and i'm only using the les paul because that's closer than the semi hollow i actually want the semi hollow sound to if I can put the mid position of a three three five next to a telly bridge on one of the custom banks, yeah, then all I need to do is knock the pickup selector and kick in a cutoff drive, which dead easy. I mean, it, if if it were me, I'd have one in the bridge position of your custom and one in the neck position because it's just it's so easy to switch between those two rather than trying to yeah. find the in between position of a. Well, I was I was more thinking have the telly in four. And then, because that's what I'm using to start with, and okay. then I just hit it into five. Yeah, which will be the. See, we, we're coming up with coming up with solutions here. Um, not the most exciting radio, uh, <laughs> internet yeah, radio. Sorry, um, sorry about that, listeners. But like yeah, these these things that, need to be done. I so that like, and I'm just I'm absolutely can't I'm like I'm so looking forward to this gig. I get to play my kind of music. And like I say, I've done this. And um, the other guitarist, I think I mentioned, he's got a Squire Bullet Strat, so not the greatest guitar in the world. It's 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 passable, but um, yeah. not the best. Um, he's actually going to be using my Cabernet. Oh, nice. Um, so I basically said, look, if, if you're not happy with the way that this sounds, um, feel free to borrow any of my guitars. I trust him. I've seen him play. I know he's careful with his gear. Yeah, I know him well enough now that yeah, um, and he he was like, well, of the ones that I've seen you play that aren't the Variacs, that's the one I like the sound of, and I was yeah. like, sure thing. So despite the fact that I'm not going to be gigging it, it's still going to be gigged, um, certainly for the next few gigs that we do, um, and he's also going to use the Origin Twenty that I bought off Chris. Nice. Um, so yeah, um, so he's he's literally he's not got much of a pedal board, but he's got a. D- Boss DS1 and a chromatic tuner, a Boss TU3 or TU2, I don't know which one it is. It's a, an old, I don't know whether it's an old TU3 or whether it is a TU2. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like I, we were sound checking tonight, and I was, because obviously I'm wireless, and for a lot of the things I don't need to change sounds, I was standing out the front, and that origin just sounds fucking fantastic. Banging? <laughs> yeah. I, well happy with that and it mixes it it sits in a different place in the mix to the Vox and it's just yeah like if I could run them both together I would but obviously yeah. he needs an amp at the moment he doesn't have an amp um, which is something that like we're looking into at the moment but for now he's borrowing the Marshall Origin 20 I'm using the Vox and yeah they, they complement each other so well they sit in different places in the mix and it's yeah I'm just so excited for tomorrow's gig now I just want to go and do it like we set up. We ran the we ran the entire set tonight to make sure that we're happy because we never we've never, we've always just played in a garage, which okay. is fine for practicing. 
but yeah. you never really hear what things sound like properly. You just kind of hear a wall of sound because you everything's facing inwards and yeah, it's all it's all within an enclosed space, isn't it? There's lots of uh, lots of splashback from all the all the walls. Yeah. So finally being able to hear us as as a full band, really happy, really like happy with the sound, and yeah, just can't wait to get going. Banging. I could tell by the smile on your face that it's a. Uh... Yeah. It's, a, it's a dream coming true. And it is. I'm so excited. So your your singers also uh, kind of posed a question to you, which you've uh, you've kindly brought to the Fret Talk podcast as well, um, which kind of yeah. ties in with this, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, like I say, he's got a Squire Bullet as his his kind of guitar. He's turning thirty next month or the month after. I can't remember in in, in the next couple of months anyway, um, and. His missus wanted to get him a big present, and um, between them, they've decided that she'll buy him a guitar for his 30th. Um, the budget they've come up between them is 1500 quid. Um, and he said to me, What's the most versatile guitar that's not going to give me option paralysis? Because he likes the Variax, yeah. but he said, It's far too much for somebody who's an acoustic guitarist who's learning to play electric. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just said, look, there's far too much stuff going on to remember and, and just he just wants something that is a high-quality instrument that's going to last him forever. Yeah. But it's going to be versatile enough that he can play the rock and roll stuff, he can play the bluesy stuff, he can play the rock stuff, he can play... There's a few like modern indie stuff that we do as well. He wants a guitar that can kind of kind of cover all bases. He knows it's not going to be perfect for every single situation. Yeah. But he wants something that will do rock as well as clean up a little bit. Yeah, so we we're looking at a kind of uh, a, a rhythm machine, aren't we? Because it's it, you're you're taking the lead, so we're yeah. we're not really talking uh, something really big and thick sounding to uh, to to compete with you. It has to sit nicely in the mix. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, TV Jones pickups and and those kind of styles tend to complement really well with with other guitars because they do that really well, don't they? Yeah, which is why he's picked. I think that's why he's picked the Cabernet tonight uh, or tomorrow yeah. night. But yeah, um, yeah, they they do kind of fit in that in that position. Yeah. So you you've challenged uh, challenged me as well as yourself to come up with a with a suggestion for him. Uh, yeah, I've I've got two. Uh, suggestions that I've, uh, I've got for him. One is uh, relatively safe within the budget, and the other one's just about just about touching. Uh, but you've also chosen one as well, haven't you, Matt? I have. Let me get the spectacle. <laughs> so I'll let you go first. Go on. Uh, so I'm going to go for for my first one, which is probably not really a surprise. Um, is the Fender American Performer Strat. Uh, which is uh, the HSS version. Um, unfortunately, the the only rosewood board one that I could find, because my preference is a rosewood board, uh, the only rosewood board one that I could find is in just a really horrible, like, dark metallic red. And I, I think it was, it, like, something burgundy, maybe. I don't know. It was It was just really boring. But I think for a rhythm uh like a, a singer rhythm instrument boring is good 
because you don't want the the guitar pulling the um, pulling the attention away from the actual singing. I mean, you think of like players like uh, like Brian Adams, for example. He's like the kind of archetypal um, singer guitarist, isn't he? And he always Absolutely. has really fucking boring colours. Um, <laughs> so I think even though this one is just really just bland, it fits really well. Uh, so that's well under the budget, though, isn't it? Uh, They're going for eight nine eight nine nine at the moment. Yeah, so I, 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 uh, I got it at nine four nine for the uh, the HSS. Right. Okay. So um, Yosemite pickups. Uh, so the, the Yosemite um, neck and middle, which is a lot revoiced, supposed to be quite good, and it's also got the double tap uh, booker as well in the bridge, which is uh, where the one. Uh, the one coil is wound slightly weaker um, yeah. to work with the so to work as a single coil uh, no in fact the, the, the one coil's wound more sorry because with bookers they're they're a little too weak and a bit too thin sounding when when you when you tap just a normal booker um Sorry, when you split a normal booker, uh, I keep falling falling victim <laughs> to that trap. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's called the fucking double tap, isn't it, you dickhead? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you've got you've got basically your your SSS sounds mostly. You've got a booker in the bridge. It's it's versatile enough. It's got a tremolo if you if you want it to go out of tune. Um, <laughs> It's also got the uh, the grease bucket tone control as well, so it it makes the tone control quite useful. Um, again, making it really really versatile. It's it's really not exciting. It's not what I'd like <laughs> get really excited about. If I was going to buy it, it'd be like okay, I've got a I've I've got to get a, a tool essentially for the playing. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. Um, but it it's it does well. So, I think that's a, a pretty, pretty standard stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I will go next then, um, on the basis that you went American performer and I went American professional HSS Strat. <laughs> um, there you go. So I've gone for the slightly upgraded one. They're between two nine five and three nine five, depending on whether you want rosewood or not, and whether what what which of the like some of the sunbursts are a little bit more and yeah um but I, that that's what I said to I said uh, the HSS strat is realistically the most versatile type of guitar out there like I know I know it's not but it it is very versatile like you you can get those single coil sounds obviously there's a tap in there as well and um, you've got the the single coil neck and middle. You've got a, a humbucker in the bridge for anything loud and raucous and rocky, and you know the, the, you need to get aggressive about. Um, and you've got the, the the neck and middle positions, and you've got those out of phase sounds. If we're like this talk of some funk stuff going in the set, you can do that in the positions two and four with a strat so well. And um, that that's what I went for. So I but I just went for the American professional, which is. Slightly upgraded, so the the booker is a shore booker rather than the whatever. Yeah, the double, the double, yeah, the double tap. I think it was called. The yeah, double and tap. then uh, it's, it's V mod single coils are the the coils in uh, yeah. this. But um, yeah, for exactly the reasons you said, I went for HSS strap. Yeah, 
And that's the trap I fell into when I was doing this as well, when I did the research for it. Um, I, I found myself going, like, Googling um, super strat style stuff, where it was strap, but with a little bit extra. So, I mean, I considered the uh, the Charvels, the, um, the Pro Mods. Yeah. Figured yeah. they're probably a bit too showy uh, to be... Um, uh, uh, an ideal instrument for that, and the fact that they're kind of on the lower price point as well. Yeah. Um. So I found I, I, I looked at the Ibanez AZs as well. Um. Which again, as did I. <laughs> um, does that thing, but in a slightly more modern way. Um. And and again, I, I decided not to go for that because again, it was too showy. The ones that were in that. Uh, that kind of price range had uh, like flame tops and, and and strange bursts or fades on them, and I just thought yeah. it's probably a bit much. Yeah. Um, whereas you, you can, I mean, you can't really go wrong with a classic strat, can you? Absolutely not. Um, what was your your other option? So so my alternative it comes in at one. Four four nine, so it was just under budget. Still under the budget. Just un- yeah, it's 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 within, um, but it's because you said that he he's willing to go to fifteen hundred, but would prefer not to be peaking that. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, carry on. After, after you after you've done this, I'll give you an update go on, on what the conversations that we've had since. But I'll, I'll let you give this this option first. Okay, so I've gone for the PARS S two Vela. Right. Okay. Okay, and it was it was again in quite a conservative color, and it looks retro enough, but with a modern a little bit of modern flavor. So again, along the same kind of reasons why I choose the Strat. Um, humbucker in the bridge, the Armand style single coil in the neck. So you've got again the 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 humbucker, yeah. and then you've got like the twangy, um, almost TV Jonesy style, because the a lot of the Gretches will use TV Jones or the Diamonds, um, yeah. and then with the mixed position, I imagine you get something. That's yeah, something that's uh, would would almost sound acousticy if you if you manipulate it enough, um, and yeah, I mean it's no frills, volume con- uh, volume control, tone control, um, so that might suit the singer quite well because it's with the strat. There's a lot of options, uh, which yeah. kind of is the only reason why it might not be perfect. Because it might just be too many options for him. And if he's transitioning from acoustic, where there are no options, no options, uh, yeah. To now you've got you've got a five way switch, but you've also got this this tap tone thing to and this yeah. tap thing, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I I been having a conversation with him for the last basically couple of weeks. So he's been sending me. Um, there's a local site which is Instruments for Sale Isle of Man, um, where things come up sporadically. Yeah. Um, and he sent me a picture of somebody selling an American standard Fender Telecaster from 2012. How much do you think the person wants for it on the Isle of Man? 
American standard telly, so it would have been yeah, better thirteen hundred quid. Yeah, but like yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. much do you think? Uh, so I, I would imagine that they're probably asking realistically about eight fifty to if it's in really really good condition and with a case to to maybe a grand. £1,500 he wants for a <laughs> American standard Fender Telecaster in used condition. It's not immaculate at all. Yeah. With a hard case that's not even a Fender hard case. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 going to struggle there, isn't he, considering, like... <laughs> The the brand um, brand new professional is nine <laughs> nine hundred pretty much. Yeah, um, so when when uh, the singer sent this through to me, I sent him a photo from the UK Guitar Amp and Gear Exchange of the same model Telecaster going for seven hundred quid. Yeah, and I was like, don't even go anywhere near it. Um, and he like he has been looking at that, but he's been doing a bit of his own research, and. Although he said he didn't particularly want to top 1,500 quid, I think he's now got his heart set on an American Ultra Stratocaster. I was going to point to the Ultras, yeah. yeah. But and the- I think that's what he's got his heart. Like, he was going, he was looking through all the stuff, and he's, he's like, look, these are a little bit more expensive, but you think realistically they're worth it? And I'm like, look, yes and no. Like, they're going to be a better instrument. <laughs> they're... I mean, they're a modern. They're, they're a modern instrument. They're not. They're, I don't. I would. I'd argue that they're better. They're, they're okay. They've they're, got a modern flavour to it, haven't they? Yeah, and the the playability. He's somebody who wants to start to learn to do lead stuff, and he's okay. like, he doesn't want to do it in the band, but um, he wants to learn a bit of lead stuff, just uh, along with some theory, just to kind of help him understand the mix and what I'm doing and helping him understand the place where he's supposed to sit in the band. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's going away and he's teaching himself some lead work. And yes, there's better, like the, I know the heel thing is a bit of a gimmick and the whole thing is a little bit of a gimmick, but if he wants a guitar that he's never going to have to buy another guitar, unless he wants different sounds. Yeah. I think the ultra is probably worth it. Uh, again, I'd, I'd 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 argue that the two that we came up with, like the performer and the um, professional, they're both American strats, and yeah, and I've said that to him as well. I said, look, these will last you as long as you as long as you want, yeah. but if your heart is set on a particular color or a, that you you think that sort of the extra neck access or the the lock and tuners or the few extra bits and bobs that are on there, yeah. Um, if that's going to make you play it more, oh, then yeah. all right, it might be three, four hundred quid extra on top, or six hundred quid on top of your one. But if if you if it's going to encourage you to play more, I think it's worth that in the long run. Oh, absolutely, yeah. If it's something that he falls in love with and and becomes his his white telly, um, then yeah, then yeah. Then I'm I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to discourage him and say, nah, go for this one. Absolutely. If if that's what's if that's what's tickled your pickle, go for it, mate. Yeah. And like speaking to him, he's he's looking at 
going to the UK to play a few to find out whether he wants a rosewood neck or a maple neck or absolutely um, absolutely yeah and I've said look play don't just stick to that one type of guitar play the others as well if there's anything else that looks alright just just play it just the guitar stop, shop staff aren't going to be annoyed with you asking if you can play a guitar that's not how it works just go and play everything that you think you might like the look of and might might entice you go from there and if there's something that really speaks to you at the end of the day even if it's not the most versatile instrument in the world if that's what speaks to you in the moment we can make it work yeah yeah absolutely i mean when uh me and yeomans were doing the uh the strat shopping um we tried things which we both thought we would love and and we ended up loving the complete opposites like the um we we tried the uh, the um the mexican one i can't remember what they call it the player. the player we played the player one expecting it to just be like a mexican strat and that that one blew us both away um likewise we played one of the custom shop ones and it was like eh, it's a, it's all right but is it realistically five times more guitar than this like 500 quid yeah um, yeah, yeah and it, it, was, it didn't speak to you in the same way that that Les Paul spoke to Yeomans. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was that was whispering into his ear. That was, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that was a very expensive whisper. <laughs> it was. Indeed. It's worth it. Yep. I'm uh, so noticing the time. I think I should. I'll do a very quick roundup of my uh, my what what I've been up to is because. Um, we've we've got we've actually got a, a, a cast ahead of us today. Uh, funnily enough, yeah. The, um, so something we need to talk about, isn't there? Yeah. So um, yeah, I've, 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 there's there's a niggling feeling on my mind that I'm forgetting something, but I'm sure we'll get there. Um, so we've got Jed's Peds. Um, I this week did a demo of the uh, the Jed's Peds Acapulco. And I've finally learned how to spell that fucking word. Um, <laughs> it, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, so one knob fuzz, essentially. Um, but it's also kind of kicked off a little bit of a, a little bit of a partnership between uh, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap and uh, Jed's Peds, uh, where I'm doing some doing some demos. Um, Excellent news. Yeah, it means that I uh, I get to try some of the awesome uh, awesome pedals from Jez Peds. Um, so we've got the Acapulco. I've got coming up as well. I've got this one, which is uh, the I can't remember what uh, what the the Jed's name for it is. The 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 the, the Meister or something like that. Uh, this is the so, uh, Soda Misa um, from uh, Devieva. It's a very very similar thing, and it's a really weird buzz um, because you look at that; it's got two knobs on it. You'd expect one to be gain, volume, and gain. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? One is volume, so you've you've got it half right. Um, yeah. The other one is it's a it's a strange control. It works almost like a bias control, where if you turn it fully to the left. It starves the transistors so much that they cut out. 
so it's it's almost works like a like a volume in that sense. You bring it up a little bit, and as the voltage starts coming through, it, it's getting that like stuttery, spluttery, battery dying. Yeah, kind of. like it's trying to work, but it's not quite there, and you you kind of getting like glimpses of notes, and then you you bring it in more, and it starts to get that that kind of rippy, velcroy goodness. But then there's a really strange thing that happens once you push it towards the top end, and I think it like overcharges the the transistors because you end up getting this weird like it's almost like um, when you when you uh, put an analog octave up uh, into into a fuzz pedal, and you get this like weird kind of glitchy top end. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a strange pedal, but I'm loving it. Uh, so that that one will be coming soon as well, um, but yeah. So uh, the the first of the the demos came up on my channel this week. It also went up on on the Jed's Peds uh, Facebook page as well. So chances are, if you if you see any uh, any video demos of the Jed's Peds uh, pedals, they might be me. Uh, <laughs> so hey, um, I also did. Um, uh, pedal review on the Digitech Bad Monkey, which one of my uh, one of my viewers quite rightly pointed out that I, I had not done. Um I've had the pedal it's it's probably one of my longest owned pedals, the Bad Monkey. Um and I just complete like a complete oversight that I didn't didn't bother doing a review on it. Uh so I rectified that. And the Bad Monkey is it's pretty good. I forget how good it sounds, actually. So it's it's like a, a, a TS9, I think, so a bit more gain than the 808. But it's also got a, yeah. the two-band EQ. Uh, so you can completely, like, you can full-on tube screamer it by, like, cutting all the bass out and, and using the treble <laughs> as a tone control. Or you can bring that bass back in and to get, like, a, a more even and smooth tone. Yeah, and something that's better you or... or- Better than a TS9 as a standard overdrive pedal, rather than a boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's that's my issue. my issue with the the TS9 over the 808 is you pretty much can't just use it as like a rhythm. Like you wouldn't have that putting out the same volume just colouring your sound because it just kind of there's, there's like you say there's nothing there in the low end and you'd lose that if you're playing rhythm with it. So you kind of need to either push the volume. And play heavy with them, or or play lead with it with the TS9. Whereas if the Bad Monkey, you could dial that back in. I assume you can actually use it as a colouring overdrive rather than a lead boost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very kind of classic rocky sounding overdrive. Uh, and there's a trick that I used to do with it way back in the day as well, uh, because the 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 Digitech series. So it weren't just the Bad Monkey; it was the the Hothead. Uh, distortion, which was like a DS1 copy with a with a two band EQ, which made it actually useful again. Um, the screaming blues, which is kind of blues drivery based, um, it's okay. it's not quite along the same lines as the blues driver. Um, but again, the two band EQ, and then you've got the death metal, um, which I think was based on the HM2, not the um, not the metal zone and the grunge 
the Digitech grunge, which is notoriously <laughs> notoriously bad. Um, I only ever, I, I mean, I bought the um, the Hothead and the uh, the Bad Monkey pretty much within within a year of each other. And then much later on, I bought the uh, Screaming Blues, which I now happen to have two of for some reason. <laughs> don't know how it that, just accumulated. I don't know how that happens. Um, and th- again, they're they're really good. the The two band EQ is very very useful on them. Um, but yeah, it was it was really awesome that uh, a listener had kind of listener viewer um, had kind of. Uh, commented in and, and and pointed out like oh yeah it'd be really wicked you could do this I'd love to see a load more of that on my YouTube channel so if you have got any suggestions pop into just any of the comments uh, sections and just do that if you know I've got a pedal because if you go back through my uh, Instagram archives a lot of the pedals that feature on there I still have because I don't get rid of anything um, so if you see anything on there that you fancy a demo of just, just hit me up and chances are I'll do it um, there's there's some like a couple of pedals that I I am reluctant to do because they will just take so so much time. Like the uh, the TC flashback, for example. If it would if it were just a three knob thing where it was like feedback level and and whatever, well, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll read it. I've got it here. Feedback delay and effect level. If it were just that, cool. Yeah, sound. That fourth knob in it, yeah, it's the one. And the worst thing about though, if, if you really want to do it justice, not only do you have to use all of the things on that fourth knob, but then you need to go through every single tone print for it as well. Yeah, and, then, and we've got <laughs> and the, you'll be here till fucking Christmas. Yeah, and we've got the subdivisions uh, mini toggle as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So yeah, there's there's pedals like that that I'm I'm reluctant to do, but I will get round to doing them. I will honestly, I will. I just need to kind of wrap my head around how to do it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what I've I've done this week. And uh, as mentioned a little bit earlier, my white telly has been back out again. Um, the ESP LTD two one two, my number one. Uh, it's been it's been a little while since I got it out, and I, I got it out again and and been feeling the love. Um, it's it's so resonant and so it sustains so well with without even an amplifier, and it's a bolt-on neck as well. And you really don't expect that from bolt-on necks. It's just I think the two pieces of wood were just meant to meant to have joined together. Uh, yeah. So there's that, and the fact that it's got elixir strings on it as well, it sounded great. <laughs> So uh, it sounded still fresh, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you're going to be seeing more and hearing more of the uh, the white tele. Um, but we have got uh, so last the last podcast, the last uh, live not live cast that we did, um, we played a game with Will called Learning the Lingo, and it proved rather popular. Um, there's, there's quite a few people who who, who really got on board with that. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do like a, a follow on from that because can't really do learning the lingo without an American because uh, it would literally be me me and Matt going. Do you remember this phrase? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as as magical. Um, but this. W- I mean, I I could do some horrible manx ones for you, but um, I'd have to think about them for a little bit longer because we've got some that I don't think would translate. I, I reckon we will do that one day where you uh, you quiz us on the uh, <laughs> the Manx lingo. Um, but this 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 segment is it's basically idioms from around the world translated uh, directly from those idioms, um, and they don't translate into English particularly well. It's not like it's not like English where um, where the actual translation is bad. It's it's the phrasing is very very much central to the location where they come from, um, but this this um, this segment is called idioms. So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, play along yourselves, listeners. And I thought this one would give us a more even keel, unless you happen to be German, Swedish, Thailand-ish. French, Russian, or Japanese, then you will get one easy point. Um, I don't think our demographic falls too too heavily on those countries, so we should be safe. <laughs> so this is the first uh, first of the idioms. Uh, you have tomatoes on your eyes. So you have tomatoes on your eyes you have tomatoes on your eyes this is a german phrase this is and oh, it, it makes sense once you know why and and this 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 is not exclusive to this one they make sense when you know what they mean you've got tomatoes on your eyes is it something like is it similar to you can't see the wood for the trees in that you you're looking at the wrong thing, or you're not looking at the big picture? Yeah, kind of, kind of. So it's so I'll give you that. It's you're not seeing what everyone else can see. So it's 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 kind it's it's along those lines. Um, so yeah, I. I almost kind of likened it to having rose-tinted glasses in in English coming from that kind of place, whereas rose-tinted glasses is more like nostalgia. I, I kind of saw it as that and, th- and thought it, yeah. it kind of parallels that. Um, so, yeah, well done, Matt. You, you, got, you got that. I reckon, I reckon we'll have that. Right, this, one, this next one is a Swedish phrase. Um... There's no, uh, there's no cow on the ice. There's no cow on the ice. There's, there's no cow on the ice. Okay, um, and they make sense once you know what they mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, this completely does make sense. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> How can you make that make sense? Um, if, if, if you 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 will kick yourself. You'll be like, "Of course, of course, that's what it means." Is it something like? I, I can't even guess. I, I'm gonna have to pass. I I can't even come up with a plausible guess. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can I can understand why. There's no need to worry. 
There's no cow on the ice. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. No, you're right. It does it, make it, sense. It makes complete sense that. once you know what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Sweden, you cray-cray. Um, however, it does make sense. Um, and it, it, it brings into, into focus that English phrases and idioms, we're not the only crazy ones. So... It turns out that the world is a little bit, a little bit mental. Uh, this next one's from from uh, Thailand. Uh, so one afternoon in your reincarnation. One afternoon in your reincarnation. Yeah, one afternoon in your reincarnation. Oh, bloody hell! These are just. One afternoon in your reincarnation. Yeah, I know it's yeah. it's it's a toughie. This one is. It, it sounds like it's the start of a story, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, in in English, we've got um, we've got a, a few uh, a few phrases which kind of mirror this. This is this is very very literal, whereas ours tend to be more abstract. Bloody hell. Um, is it something to do with recovering from a hangover? N- no. So if I were to say, uh, uh, not in a month of Sundays. Yeah, never going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One afternoon in your reincarnation. Okay. Yeah. Sarc- yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's I, a, I actually might start using that. It, yeah, it's a cheeky yeah, little one. Well, this this next one is a very very fret talk, very fret talk um, idiom, and it's from France. So I mean, it's kind of to be expected. To jump from the cock to the donkey. To jump from the cock to the donkey. <laughs> to jump from the cock to the. I assume it means cock as in cockerel, cockerel not and not jumping from. A penis. The cock, yeah. <laughs> Straight from the cock to the donkey. Um, jump from the cock to the donkey. Um, is it backing the winner in a fight? <laughs> uh, good, good guess, uh, but swing and a miss. Uh, so it's to change topic in a conversation where there isn't a. a a logical or plausible link between the conversations. You jump in from yeah. the cock to the donkey, and it makes f- s- some odd gleam of sense. <laughs> uh, France, that's a that's a beautiful phrase. Uh, yeah, that's I, I quite like that. The, and this next Russian phrase: uh, the thief has a burning hat. The thief has a burning hat. Is it? Oh no, because that would be too. Yeah, no, go for it. Go, for, go, oh, go, oh, go. Oh, the, the, the first, first thing that came into my head was: is it the same as liar, liar, pants on fire? Uh, no, 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 it's not. No. Uh, but it's it's not far off. So the thief with a burning hat. Yeah. So the thief, the the thief has a burning hat. Yeah. So 
No, you're going to have to give it to me. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'll give you the answer. Um, so it's it's having an uneasy conscience. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, yeah. Um, and then the final one, this is a Japanese phrase, this one. And this is, this is poetic and beautiful. And... I, I, I looked up a few Japanese idioms and they, they all seem to involve cats. Uh, so, why not? <laughs> um, to wear a cat on one's head. To wear a cat on one's head? Yeah. Um, is it the same as us burying our head in the sand is it ignoring everything that's going on around you no but I, I like that this this and you'll you'll understand why i think this is really poetic as well so um it's to it's pretending to be nice and it's because the wearing the cat on your head they're hiding their claws okay so someone someone who's been a bit two-faced yeah. They're, they're pretending to be nice to you in person, but they're wearing a cut on their head. <laughs> the, like, the way other cultures think of things in a totally different way, but it's still, once you understand why, it then translates. I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? It really is brilliant. And that, that concludes, our, um, concludes our segment of idioms. Um... So Matt, you got you got a good solid one there, and I reckon I'll give you another one for effort amongst the kind of Whee. two, like because you got two almost there. So I'm going to give you two points for that. Um, Fret talk listeners, please let me know how you did in this uh, this <laughs> mental quiz, and uh, yeah, yeah, let us know if you like it. Uh, so uh, we've got oh, we're at fifty minutes. Um, so we've got a little um, a little spotlight on a on a company who have been cropping up on my uh, Instagram quite a lot recently. So the company is called Gajira Effects. They are uh, a company in Scotland, which is in the UK currently, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> which is in Europe currently. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, we'll have to get some Scottish phrases on that. Uh, I bet they've got some absolute belters. Um, yeah, haver. What the hell is a haver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, still unsure. <laughs> I love. Um, I think it was Pennywise or someone like that who did a cover of uh, Five Hundred Miles, and they 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 sing that line and they go, uh, and I would haver, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's absolutely quality it's not just us everyone like literally everyone I'm not even sure that the proclaimers understand what that means they just threw in like a made up word to see if anyone noticed <laughs> yeah oh it must be a Scottish thing yeah <laughs> Scottish people there like what are you talking about yeah yeah we, we're not with them um, so yeah so they're in Scotland Uh, they're a small boutique brand made to order pedals Um, they do they do a few things I mean there's a a TS-808 which is kind of 80-90 quid 
uh, uh, Meat Boy first, which comes in like three different variants of the because it's like the damn uh, damn meathead. They do a, a couple of different things. Um, however, the the graphics on their pedals are pretty much outstanding. Um, so uh, the the TS eight hundred eight comes in uh, Mister Sparkle finish. So any fans of the uh, fans of the Simpsons will will know the Mister Sparkle, which is uh, essentially a bulb fish. I think uh, Bart refers to to it as. Um, <laughs> So yeah, this um, Simpsons-inspired um, finish. Um, but it, it's, there's also multiple ones. I, th- I think I've got them written down here. So we've got Simpsons graphics. There was uh, there's a Ned Flanders version as well. Um, there's Slurm from Future Armor. So you, big Matt Groening fan. Uh, Pickle Rick. There's a Pickle Rick variant on it. Um, yeah. There's one of Arnie. Uh, as uh, ter- the Terminator, I think from Terminator, the original one, um, and then the 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 Meat Boy Fuzz comes in Duff Beer um, version, which again looks really cool. Uh, yeah. So I was I was really uh, I'm, I'm down with these. Um, the pedals sound sound great as is, um, but those just those really vibrant and just cult classic. Uh, cartoon uh, imagery uh, it just they, they set them off but they also they're, they're selling they've they've only done this pretty recently as far as I'm aware they started selling the, the custom knobs that they make because they 3D print custom knobs um, for guitar pedals and they've started selling them as separate units as well you can buy I think four uh, custom knobs for £10 which sounds like it's uh Sounds like it's expensive for, for guitar knobs until you realise what they are. They're tiny little cans of Duff beer or tiny little cans of... I think we've got Duff beer and we've got Mr. Sparkle at the moment. But they've just started making slurm, cans of slurm as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I can absolutely get on board with. So that's re- like, they're really cool. Uh, so yeah, check those guys out. Um, Gajira Effects at... Uh, Instagram is where you find them, and I think they're GajiraFX.co.uk, maybe. Uh, I, I've I found their website through their Instagram, so yeah, do that. If you only follow their Instagram for the awesome visuals, do it. Um, yeah, we're we're pretty much pretty much towards the end of the the podcast. I've got I've got a couple of questions, maybe before we wrap up. Yeah. Not, I'm not forgetting anything, am I? I don't think so. Mm. We've covered all the bits we talked about earlier, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. All all the precast stuff. Yeah, we. Yeah, there's there's nothing else. Uh, so yeah, nothing else. We'll move on to questions. So questions. Uh, f- well, statements. Uh, so questions. Um, there's a, a a bloke on one of the um, uh, one of the Facebook groups I was part of, saying. Tone chasers. So this is people who specifically search for uh, like artists' tones and are trying to recreate those tones specifically. What's that all about? <laughs> uh, I, I like 
a specific artist is, I think, a little bit too far. I think if you're chasing that tone that's in your head, yeah. I think it's it's all right. If you're chasing a specific artist's tone, you've got to remember that they will have a different picking technique to you, or they'll have a different way that they do things. They'll have changed the pickups in their guitar slightly, or they'll just have one that has just different discrepancies to you. If you're after somebody else's recorded tone, it's almost impossible to get that. Yeah, even if you use the exact equipment that they used, recorded tone takes into consideration the mic, the cable, the desk. Yeah. Then on top of that, the EQs that they used, the compression that they used, any studio effects that they added on afterwards, and then mixing and mastering on top of that, it, it takes into consideration all of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the guy's gripe was the fact that you're spending thousands and thousands upon thousands to try and recreate this specific person's tone. And you see quite a lot with Stevie Ray Vaughan is the one who kind of springs to mind with this. Uh, I think yeah. followed relatively closely, but not like nowhere near as 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 closely i'd say brian may is probably your next your next culprit of that yeah because again like stevie ray vaughan was seen as this uh kind of tonal messiah and especially like in the time period that he was uh playing in as well kind of like the late 80 eight, late 80s and early 90s was very much the um, I mean, you had the kind of the, the metal scene kind of then transforming into the grunge scene um, where like his was very much still facing towards the vintage stuff. So I think there's a, a little bit of, um, what's it? What did we say? <laughs> Tomato eyes. <laughs> uh, it's not, I know it's not the thing, but you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with it so yeah roast the rose tinted glass is kind of with with that uh i mean if you add that on as well that stevie ray vaughan was absolutely fantastic guitarist as well um and got down some absolute banging tunes be them ones he'd written himself or um his covers. yeah his his specific covers of hendrix tunes like his version of Little Wing is almost as well known as the yeah. original. So, that, and I think the best version of Voodoo Child is uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan version, like the best live version, obviously. Like mm. if you ignore like studio stuff, I I think the best version of that I've ever heard live was Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> There's uh, funny you should mention Voodoo Child actually. Uh, the there was a G three. Um, concert with Steve Vai, Satriani and Malmsteen and they get Malmsteen up to play oh. uh, Voodoo Child I mean they're, they're, they're all on there because it's, it's the they they have their like solo bits where they'll play their their um, specific songs and then they all come together for like a covers jam at the end pretty much um, but they get Malmsteen to sing it and my fucking god it is hilarious um, like he's not even trying to pronounce the words. Um, there's 
like one of one of my uh, one of my friends did like a like a, a lyrics translation for it, and it it ended up like talking about snakes and stamping on a child. <laughs> um, it, it's it's that 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 batshit crazy. Yeah, uh, like you you know my opinions on Malmsteen anyway, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's well it's well I, worth I listening to that. that I'm I'm fully not trying to suggest that that is the best version of that song, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but for comic value, it is it can't be beaten. Um, I don't think he was going for a comedic effect, but you know what? Take it where you he can get it. Um, so yeah, like. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> swinging it back, right? Stevie Ray Vaughan is is seen as one of these kind of iconic tones that people want to get, and I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot of money that you can pump into that, considering he was a man who played Dumbo lamps, um, and I mean the the fact that he like he used TS tens, was it, and and they. Yeah, he, he- Eight oh eights and tens. Yeah. So and and they even though they're like mass produced eighties um Ibanez pedals, they go for a lot more than they should because of that that tight. Yeah. So him him and um, John Mayer is the other one, the other famous person that uses them. Yeah, well uh, and and you've got to assume that John Mayer was doing his own little tonal chasing thing right there as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's not just, it's it's not relegated to us mere mortals who can't play like like those guys. Um, even the uh, the top dogs are doing it as well. So, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things you can say about those tonal chasers, and I think. I fall on the same same side of the fence that you do. Is that if if you are if you're inspired by those tones, but you are uh, using that as a, as a kind of starting point, and you you evolve it into your own tone. Hundred percent, I'm I'm all for that. I I I I would happily throw money into that bottomless pit, which I I have. Um, uh, <laughs> Oh, but, like I, I, I didn't mention this, but when I redid my pedal board, I counted up how much the entire thing. So if you include the pedal board, the power supplies, and the pedals on there, I counted up how much it's worth, oh, and nearly gave myself a heart attack. I mean that that's a that's a dangerous game, there, Matt. I think I think that that. Comes with a health warning that that's that specific activity. They do warn yeah. against that. Yeah, massive warning. Don't do that because yeah, you'll just give yourself a heart attack. Yeah, it it definitely sends sends you into a, a depressive spiral, doesn't it? Yeah, and the worst thing is is that all I do is stand on these. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm essentially just stamping on money here, so. <laughs> It is what it is, but they they bring so much joy. Um, yeah. Our final question, a bit of a weird one. This one, um, is it immoral taking apart old instruments and selling the parts for more money? 
So it's not something that we specifically have a lot of dealings with because I don't think we'd be selling the old instruments if we had them. Um, yeah. But it is, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing that does happen where um, they'll get specific, uh, specific years of Les Paul which aren't as uh, sought after uh, but are still within that vintage realm and parts that will fit perfectly with the ones that are worth shed loads of money and then they kind of whore out these little parts um and it's it's yeah it's not something that I've I've particularly had much much dealing with I have however um taken apart a really cheap guitar uh, and sold the bits for more than I would have got for the guitar itself yeah I mean like immoral is all to do with your like your personal view on the world I don't think my vision of morality is the same as your vision of morality which is the same as everybody else's vision of morality I think if you in your opinion it's a bad thing to do or it's immoral that's your opinion and you're entitled to it I don't think I, I don't think it's immoral I think if if you've found a way to make more money and that's the way that you want to go about it, I don't think anybody has the right to tell you that you're not allowed to do that. If if I had a 56 Stratocaster and I knew that if I took all the bits apart and I sold the pickup separately and the pick guard separately and the bridge separately and the body separately and the neck separately, I'd get more than if I sold it all as one guitar, then I think I would consider doing that if I was planning on selling it. Yeah. Oh, I I don't I don't think it's immoral to do that. Yeah, I think you are justified in in what you want to do yourself. I think personally, with with sought after vintage instruments like those fifties and sixties strats and the fifties Les Pauls and and whatnot, I think I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, I I don't think I could, but. Like at the same time, if you knew it was worth more, I think I'd definitely consider it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if that's what you were in it for, you you'd for whatever reason bought this uh, fifty strat and knew that you weren't going to be keeping that and that you were going to be moving it on. And the uh, the trends were if you if you sell it all as one part, you'll get x amount and then if you sell it as parts you'll get x plus an extra 10 20 percent you'd be a full not to wouldn't you yeah um i like if, if we're looking at buying things to sell on and make a profit i think what is immoral is the things like the limited edition color the limited color silver skies that have gone recently the people who buy king of tone to just um yeah yeah they they wait they, yeah. they buy new yeah. so they can sell second hand before they've even received the thing they know they're going to make a profit and they've got somebody in agreement to buy and that i think is immoral yeah 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 but at the same time that's how a capitalist society works yeah and we work on free market economy 
and that's all that is. All it is is free market economy working the way it is. Whether we should have free market economy is a political debate that probably doesn't belong on a guitar podcast about dick jokes. Yeah, I, yeah, this is it's veering far too far away from dick jokes here. This is, isn't it? Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Those people who uh, wait out the um, the king of tone uh, waiting list and then sell it straight on because they know they'll get double. Those guys can eat a dick. Um, yeah. However, out of that transaction, analog man get paid what they want to get paid. Yeah. So they're not losing out on this situation. The person buying it gets a king of tone, which they want. They're not losing out on this situation. The person selling it gets a bit of cash. Has made a profit. They're not yeah. losing out. I suppose everyone in that situation wins don't they they do but the person who wants the king of tone and ends up with the king of tone shouldn't have to pay price twice what analog man want for it i don't think but like i say free market economy economics. so they're paying they're paying the price for the pedal and then they're paying whatever comes on top to skip the queue yeah yeah i guess it's like buying a fast pass at alton towers or whatever uh, yeah, um, and that's how it works. It is, and like I say, that's how life works, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Yeah. Um. So I, th- I reckon, you know, I was, I was going to say I reckon that's where we wrap it for this week, but I've literally just for this minute remembered, fucking Nam, weren't it? Oh shit! What? Oh shit! <laughs> like this should have been a newscast, shouldn't it? Yeah, we re- oh. we really dropped the ball on this one. Fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the jizz pedal. Oh, the jizz pedal. The oh, jizz excellent. pedal. The jizz pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ranger Effects. It's not officially called the jizz pedal, by the way. It's called the <laughs> it's called the mini bar. The Ranger Effects um, have bought out a pedal called the mini. The mini bar, um, and for those who are unaware of it and have been living under a rock for the past two weeks, it's a mini pedal with essentially like a little, let's call it a cup, because it makes us feel less dirty. <laughs> so a little cup in which you fill with liquid, and the conductivity and the opacity of this liquid affect the tone of the pedal. There's only one control on it, which is like your level control. The rest is controlled through the little cup. Uh, I don't think they call it a cup. They, they call it like a a, a waterproof vessel. container or something, a vessel. Yeah, yeah. Come, <laughs> come dumpster. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, this little, the, the, the tiny little cup. Um, I mean, their, their intention, I think, on their stand, they filled it up with, like, various alcoholic liquids and, and various, like, just general liquids. They they were very much tempted it as a as a scientific experiment in a, in a um, guitar pedal format. Dudes. Dudes are the worst. <laughs> D- 
like, yes, dudes are the worst, but this is released by a company who knows that the vast majority of people who buy guitar pedals are dudes. Yeah, yeah. I I would argue that the majority of them, probably the ones buying pedals, are younger dudes who have more disposable income because they haven't yet had children. So they're basically aiming this at the 18 to 30 range. I, I know that I, I definitely didn't have money when I was 18. Yeah, yeah, but like, okay. Say mi- you, like mid-twenties kind of. Yeah. Up up to where, whenever children to, happen. Yeah, whenever children happen. And, and, and there you've got your, your most disposable income. And so basically they've... They've given to this market that they know they have. Here is a thing that holds whatever you want to put in it that is liquid. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's literally the first thing a 23-year-old bloke who's just decided that they, they, they've got a couple of hundred quid to spare, they want to try a new pedal... Oh my god, look at one of these. What happens if I jizz in the box? In the cup? In the whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. What does my cup sound like? Who's <laughs> like I didn't even know I wanted that question answering, but at the same time I'm a little bit curious. <laughs> well if if they will make a pedal that, that gives your your semen sound, then fuck's sake, plug it in. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was it was almost instantly, almost instantly within the comment section of like the the news videos for this, jizz, 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 um, just straight away. I mean, it was closely followed by what happens if you piss in it, um, which is a valid argument, yeah, I suppose, isn't it? Um, what does happen if you piss in it? Um, but it was ma- it was mainly jizz, weren't it? It was, but like like the thing is, because the opacity affects the tone, that means that different levels of like your night out are going to have if you if you're going to piss in it, different pisses throughout the night out are going to have different tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I imagine during this scientific experiment, boy, the end of the night. No matter what your piss looks like, your ears are going to tell you that that's the best tone that you've ever had. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, like it's it's the most gimmicky thing in the world. But I I'm somebody who tries to avoid NAM at all costs because I don't want to see a load of stuff that I can't get my hands on yet. I'm not really that fussed about that kind of thing. So. The only stuff I ever look at is when you send us the set list of what we're going to talk about on a podcast, I will then go away and have a look at those bits. Yeah. But I've not been able to avoid this, and at the same time, I kind of want one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, the, it's it is it's a legit sending pedal. We'll get onto that in a moment. Um, but this, this whole experiment thing uh, and the fact that it instantly went to jizz. Just reminded me of um, there was a Facebook advertising campaign with uh, Braun uh, electric razors. 
and it was like a guy like shaving down his beard and like like sculpting his mustache. First comment, first comment in that was was an absolute hero of a gentleman asking how it worked on balls. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it, it's it's the exact same thing. It's just exact it's, it's same. Just, yeah. If you make a product that can be sexualized in any way, shape, or form, the inter- and put it up, put it in a video on the internet, the comments are your own fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it just it solidifies that fact that dudes are the worst. Uh, yes, we are absolutely the worst. But it's still fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It's it's really funny. Um, and yeah, so I, I came here for I came here for the jokes. Clearly, I, I, I this this is entered into our uh, into our podcast for exactly the reason that the comments exist the way that they do. However, in doing that, I had to do the research and actually listening to the product and. It sounds really good. Uh, I yeah. was I was really impressed. Uh, so the like I said, the the conductivity of the um, of the liquid um, means that it it um, it alters the gain, and apparently bubbles um, lead to a gainier sound somehow. Um, don't know how that works. Don't know the science behind it, but I'm cool with that. Uh, they tried out um, tried out Coca Cola in there, or, or some kind of Coke variant. Doesn't have to be that specific brand, uh, but they tried a, a Coke variant in there, and it sounded like a like a really thick sounding fuzz, which was cool. Um, and they they tried. Um, I think it was a cleaning product. I can't. I can't be entirely sure, uh, but like a, a more opaque liquid, um, and it, it ended up being slightly, slightly bluesier, gritty drive. Uh, so there's there's a, a myriad of versatility, and there's like endless possibilities. With with a normal pedal, you are, um, you're essentially tethered to the fact that it's got. A finite amount of control on it, even though there's like an infinite amount of micro micro turns that you can do on a pedal, you essentially get a couple of sounds out of it. Yeah. With this, I don't know if that's the case. It's uncharted territory. Um, it is. It's. There's definitely a wider range of sounds than one to ten on a on a pot isn't there kind of especially if like because if you've got a highly conductive dark liquid it's going to sound differently to a highly conductive light liquid because that's how you control the tone at the same time you've got like low conductivity and yeah so like the the only issue is it's 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 a gimmick pedal it's not something that you'd use live because i imagine every tin of coke sounds a little bit different (laughs) <laughs> oh that's that's the next vintage craze isn't it it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, i need to get 1974 classic coke from this particular week because this is where the tone is 
That's it. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to the, uh, I need the Coca Cola that was inspected by by Janet on conveyor belt three on on Wednesday <laughs> because that's that's the Coke that I need. <laughs> but when it goes flat, oh, it's dear. no good. It takes the edge yeah. off, so you've got to got to replace it. <laughs> Tone Coke. Oh, there is actually going to be somebody on the internet saying this, isn't there? Yep. Oh, it's a dude, funny old world we live in, isn't it? It's a funny old world. <laughs> it is. I think that's probably where we end it because I don't think I don't think there's anywhere really to go from that. The fact that we've got Tone Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> It, I'd never thought it, it. I'd be in the world where we'd have toned Coca-Cola. Um, so, th- this was a podcast this week. Um, you want to find us online? Uh, I'm Budget Pedal Chap. Uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, the other one, Facebook. That's the one. <laughs> Matt, you are <laughs> here underscore Matt Q at uh, pretty much everything. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Twitch to Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. All of the above. That's it. Um we will be setting up a Patreon, I am almost certain. Um it's coming soon. Um I need to get around to doing that. Um it will be in place so that you can do a little donate just to show us show us some love and let us kind of elevate this podcast to even Mo levels, um, so that will be coming soon. And thank you for all of those people who have uh, who have messaged in and and um, suggested that they'd be absolutely down for that. So you guys are awesome. Thank you, and you listeners are just awesome too. Um, so thank you for coming along with us on this <laughs> just very crazy podcast for this week. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a, it's been a, a good one for me. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, so, from my before sir. we end, okay, yeah. before before you do that line, can I ask something of the listeners? You can, yeah. And and I don't normally do anything of this asking for the listeners, but I want you to go out there and leave us an iTunes review, and I want you to t- answer the age old question of Pepsi or Coke. But in the context of not about how it tastes, I want to know which is going to sound better in that pedal, the Pepsi or the Coke. Let's it cast your votes now. <laughs> it'd be re- a- it look really weird with iTunes reviews, just like however many stars you put down, and just having <laughs> yeah, Pepsi's got it. <laughs> it will confuse the fuck out of anyone who hasn't listened to this episode, and I am. 100% down with that. So, yeah, good show, Matt. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> so, from from your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, uh, from your another host, Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Hey, it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. There are a bit. Bye, bye.
love doing this. <laughs> we are absolutely saft, aren't we? It's, we're just we're not right, but it's it's good. <laughs> Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> we legit talks about we talked about ten minutes about the different liquids you can pour into a barrel, and not all of it was about jizz. <laughs> 